church, uh, contrary to Hunter last week, okay, uh, if I will be a little bit long, just extend your grace to me, okay? <laughs> yeah, like this, I can be free to pour out to you what it is in my heart for this morning, and I believe it is from, from God as well, okay? So I'll try to do my best to be on time, but if I extend a little bit, just extend your grace as well. Amen? God has been rebuking me through my wife, uh, like several ways, and uh, I choose not to be whipped alone. Therefore, I'm bringing the whipped uh, message to you as well, so then we can be rebuked together. And like this, it will be easier on me as well, no? <laughs> so the word that I bring today is not a word of condemnation. It's a word only of uh, advice. And God really wants us to go and to step to another level of intimacy with him. Okay? So just be open and receive the word from God this morning. Amen? My desire then this morning after sharing this word is that our hearts as individual, as family, and as a church will really be concentrated in the crying that all of us will do to pray for a revelation for God in our lives. A new revelation, a singular revelation of God in our lives. And as we go, you will understand why I'm saying that. Okay, And there is grace for that this morning. The grace of God, which is the ability of God in us for us to do something that in our own strength we are not able to do. It's here. And God has delivered his grace for us to do his will. Amen? So our topic for this morning is uh, walking with God. Walking with God, okay? And uh, what I mean by walking with God, and uh, Brother Sadhu, uh, a brother of ours, I got this definition from him. Walking with God is the art of developing and maintaining an intimate relationship with God. Walking with God is an art of developing and maintaining an intimate relationship with God. But my main idea for this morning, or the main idea for this morning is to truly, or for us to truly walk with God, we need to have a personal revelation of who He really is. I repeat. For us to truly walk with God, we need to have a personal, just take this word with you, a personal revelation of God, or of who really He is. And uh, our message today will focus mainly in the part uh, where we say about the personal revelation. Have in mind the definition that we have about uh, that we gave about walking with God, but our main focus throughout the message will be in the personal revelation 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and uh, our message is found in book of Luke, chapter 24. We're going to read from verse 13 to verse 35. Luke, chapter 24, from verse 13 to verse 35. So, who was here last week when Hunter was preaching? He preached in the, in the message or in the story of our Lord Jesus Christ before the crucifixion. It was, I believe, the last night where Jesus was telling the last words to his disciples. And today, we will not talk about the crucifixion itself, but the episode after the crucifixion. So the contest is the resurrection day. Okay? is the resurrection day where Jesus Christ arise from the death. The women, as we know, they went to the tomb early in the morning, and they found that uh, they, they, they found the tomb empty. And then they, they saw an angel that said that Jesus is alive. Remember that the disciples also, they went there, and they confirmed that Jesus was not there. And after that, they came back where others were uh, united, Okay, in the house where they were together, and share that news to them, that Jesus is alive. But two of these disciples that was there, or that were there, they stand up and they start walking in the way of Emmaus. And this is the account that we're going to read right now from verse 13 to verse 35. That says the word of God. That very day. Which day? The day of the resurrection. Two of them were going to the village named Emos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that God that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened uh, there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all people. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. 
And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen, they they had even seen a vision of angel who said that he was alive. Some of these who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. So they drew, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted, talking about Jesus, as if we, he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They say to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Amen? Yeah, it is a long reading, but uh, uh, just for us to have in mind, because maybe we will not go back uh, to some of the words, but you will see these two disciples. They are not part of the twelve. But as you know, the Bible is very clear that besides the twelve, there were people that were following Jesus. There were another disciples. I don't know how close they were, and the Bible doesn't explain also when they joined, but they were with Jesus. I believe from the beginning, but we don't know. One of them, one of them that uh, the Bible here just uh, make mention of his name was Cle- Cleopas. But we don't know the name of uh, the other one. As I said, both of them, they started that journey to the city or the village of Amos, Amos in the day of the resurrection. Okay? That should be a glorious day for all of them. Do you agree with me? Because it was the very symbolic thing of Christianity. Remember that Paul says in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, if I'm not mistaken, that if Christ didn't resurrect from the death, our faith is in vain. There is no 
or there, there will not be anything that we can hold our faith on if Christ would not be raised from the dead. And that very day, this is what happened. So it should be a glorious day, a day that they should really rejoice and really look to Satan and say that, uh, like the word says, Oh, death, where is your, your sting? It should be a glorious day, a day of party. But the Bible says, and we read that in verse uh, 17, that they were sad. Why? Why they were sad? So we didn't, uh, we, we didn't see clearly, like uh, in the scripture that we read, why they were sad. But one, while I was preparing the message, it's just a thought that I believe uh, happened. Uh, they were sad mainly because they didn't believe on the account that was given to them. Somehow. And we will see it like step by step. But somehow, they really didn't believe on that. Okay? Have you been in a situation where everyone is rejoicing and celebrating? Like, is a party going on? And you see someone like looking down or very angry. What should be your first question? There is like a legitimate motive for the party. And there is one guy, one person that is like very sad or angry. What should be your very first question? What is wrong with you? What is going on? Why are you not with us in this party? Okay, that should be very easy for us to understand. The parable that uh, uh, Brian preached about the prodigal son can give us a picture about this very question. What is going on with you? There is a party, but what is going on with you? Why are you not joining us? We will not talk about that, uh, the prodigal son, the younger son, but we will talk or we will see this in the life of the older son. You remember very well the story. He was out in the field when the younger son came, and the father went and embraced him, and because he came back home, there was a big celebration. And when this older son came closer to the house, he saw or he listened to the song of music and so on, and he asked a servant, what is going on? What is the reason of this party? And the servant said, I believe very enthusiastically that your brother is back. Your brother came back. But he was not moved by that. Because the Bible says, it is in the book of Luke, chapter 15, uh, this, this account, that he stayed outside and he was very angry. The father actually came out and the word that the Bible says there is that the father begged him for him to join the party. Okay? Let's open that very quickly in the book of Luke 15, chapter 15. We, we will read only like uh, the very last part of that. 
which is from verse 28 to verse 32. Verse 28 to 32. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young God that I might celebrate with my friend. But when this son of yours, he was very angry. He didn't say my brother, but this son of yours, he came. Who has devoured your property with prostitutes? You killed a fattened calf for him. And he said to him, this is the response of the father. Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this, your brother was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he is found. We can quickly say from this account that the older brother was jealous, isn't it? He was jealous because he's saying to the father, look, I've been with you, but no party was given to me. But this son of yours came and you are giving a party. It's a kind of jealousy. But if we go really deeper and we understand the father's answer, we will see that there is a deeper understanding of why he was really feeling the way he was. Which I believe he didn't really believe that his father loved him. Like that much. When he saw the act of the father towards the younger brother, maybe he felt that his father didn't love him the way he expected him to love. But the answer of the father is showing something. And in this story, if you really understand who is the father, the father is, the father is, the father is, talk back to me. The father is, we believe on that, yes? Is the prodigal son story. The, the son that was in sin, repent, and went back to the father. The Bible says that God is love. Everything he does, even when he beat us up very well, is out of love every time. And this son didn't really understand that the father loved him. I believe this father has shown him in another way how he loved him, but he didn't understand. And when he saw this happen with the younger brother, he became uh, jealous But the true reason that I'm saying here is that he didn't understand that he was loved by the Father. This is not the focus of today. 
But see the, the Father's answers. You are always with me, okay? You are always with me. But you didn't understand me. You didn't see how, manif- how I did manifest my love unto you. And then you feel that you, you are not loved. Brothers and sisters, somehow many of us in the church today, we feel that God has forgotten us. Because of something that we, we want or we desire, because somehow there is a cry in our heart that somehow we feel that God has forgotten. And even in the, being in the church, in the Friday service, there is a feeling that somehow he forgot us. And this was what happened with these two disciples in the way of Amos. They did not know their master in the same way the older son didn't know their father. These two disciples, they were sad because they didn't know their master. And we will see that. Just follow me step by step. The knowledge that I'm saying about uh, or talking about here is what in the topic or in the main idea I said or I put as a personal revelation. You can put that personal revelation as this knowledge. Others can call it a personal encounter with Jesus. If you remember Jacob in Bethel, he saw, he had a dream of a ladder, angels coming up and down. And when he woke up, what he said? He said that God is here, but I didn't know. This encounter also, he had another encounter in the fort of, of, of Jabok, Genesis 32. Moses also had that encounter when he, see, he saw the burning bush. Job, after all that he had suffered, had one encounter with God. And if you read in Job 42, 5, he say like this, I had heard of you by hearing, by hearing of here, but now my eyes sees you. It's like he was saying, before, before in the beginning of the soul, Job was saying, I knew about you, something about you. But now I know who you really are. This is what Job was saying. But across all these accounts in the Bible, you will see that after that encounter, the life of that, those people were not the same again. That revelation that they have or that encounter that they had with God, changed completely their life and their destinies. Brothers and sisters, being with someone does not necessarily mean that you know the person or that you have a deep relationship with him or with her. The level of the knowledge, again, that we are talking about here, is not a superficial knowledge. But it is a deep knowledge that results in true, in 
in true and intimate relationship that produce what we can say fruits of love. But why, again, we say that these two disciples did not know Jesus Christ or did not have a revelation uh, of revelation of Jesus? And this is what we want to talk about, uh, like uh, in the rest of the message. Let's just quickly read again, verse sixteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Verse 15 and verse 16. The Bible says the following in verse 15. While they were walking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near them and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. We see here that Jesus himself, without invitation, okay? They were walking sad. Jesus, without invitation, showed up and started walking with, with them. But someone closed their eyes. It was not their desire not to, uh, to not recognize Jesus. But as the Bible said, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. First of all, we need to understand that it is God's desire to walk with all of us in a personal relationship. And no matter in what situation or stage in life that we are, God can always meet us where we are at. What we see in the way of sadness, God met them. Okay? And it doesn't matter which stage in life that we are, God can always meet us. But when he meets us, this encounter will demand a response from us whether or not we want to keep walking with him. And as we see that Jesus, when he showed up, he started questioning him. Okay, why are you sad? And they tell everything that we read. And in verse 25, look the answer of Jesus. Just open up your Bible and see verse 25. And he, talking about Jesus, said unto them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet have spoken. Jesus is saying to them, you are fool. Why you are fool? Because you didn't believe what the prophet or what the prophet has prophesied. Again, brothers and sisters, from Genesis to Revelation, we know that God has a deep desire to come and walk with us. There is no reason for that because even when we walked away from, from him, he loved us. And we never see in the, in the scripture a reason why God is saying, why I love you. He loves us because he loves us. But this love from our side needs to have a response of belief. 
Because from Jesus' account here, or from Jesus answering here, he's saying that the, the, in the heart of this disciple, they were, they were unbelieving his heart, on their heart. Why they were unbelieving their heart. And this is the very, uh, uh, the first point that we want to talk about. Men's idea, men's made ideas, and wrong uh, preconceived ideas will lead us to unbelief or vice versa. Chapter 9, we will see that Jesus was saying that he need to die. He need to go to the cross. Okay? But in that same uh, region, and you know that uh, the Judaism, they have their belief that the Messiah will come to set them free. And when Jesus came and he, they saw whatever Jesus was doing, they thought that Jesus were that Messiah, that prophet. And it is true. Jesus was that prophet, that Messiah. But their understanding was not the same like God. Let me give uh, an explanation of that, okay? Remember when the sons of, or when the people of Israel... They went to the, to, uh, to the wilderness. They went to a point where they made a, 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 a calf for worship. And they called that calf God. Okay? They, are, they had in their mind an image that they put outside. And they called that uh, animal, that statue, God. What happened with them uh, outside is happening with this disciple inside of them. Okay? In their heart, because of everything that were being taught about the Messiah, they thought that Jesus was that that will deliver them from the Roman Empire. But Jesus clearly said to them that that was not his assignment. So they were seen in Jesus, not according to the revelation that Jesus was giving to them, but they were watching, to, uh, 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 they were seeing Jesus in the perception, in the preconceived ideas, in the teaching that they had before about the Messiah. Brothers and sisters, we cannot put God in the box of what we know about him. Simply because God is bigger than we can think or imagine. Every one of us has an idea of who God is. But just imagine that that idea that you have about God doesn't reflect the true God. These disciples were seeing Jesus as someone that Jesus was not. Back in the story, they wanted to make Jesus king of Israel. 
But Jesus didn't accept that because that was not the main mission of him. The revelation that Jesus was bringing to them was different. But because they believed that the Messiah will come and will take them away from the, 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 the dominion of Romans, they saw that in Jesus. It was not what Jesus was revealing to them, but they saw that in Jesus. This is called idolatry. Many of us might have a wrong conception about God and about who he is. And if we live our lives in this lifestyle, believing in that, we are in the scene of idolatry. Pastor Matthew, in Psalm uh, 135, 15 and 18, he said that this is a principle, okay, that those that will make images of God, they will become like them, that have eyes but don't see. Those disciples, they had eyes but they couldn't see, have ears but don't and this, oh, don't hear, have mouth, but don't breathe. Have not breath on them. So this is what happened also to us. Whenever we have the wrong revelation about Jesus Christ, we cannot or we are not able to walk with, the, with, with him. So we want or we need to pray that God will reveal Jesus to us clearly as it is, not as we think that he is. See what these disciples, they were saying from verse 19. They say unto them, and they say to him, okay, um, verse 19. And he say unto them, what things Jesus answering? And they say to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, this is what they thought about Jesus. A man who was a prophet, might in deeds and word before God and all people. And how our chief priests, rulers, uh, uh, delivered him up to be commanded to death and crucified him. But we hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They were seeing in Jesus a figure that Jesus did not reveal unto them. And that's why they were said. We cannot understand God in our flesh, um, or in our flesh senses. We need a revelation of him. We need to cry out to God that God will reveal Jesus unto us. For us to know him as he really is is how then jesus dealt with the unbelief that was in the heart of these uh, two uh, disciples how did jesus uh, like dealt with the unbelief and preconceived ideas of their hearts see verse 27 what is the Bible say there? That Jesus said, uh, the Bible says like this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all, this, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So, 
Jesus needed to go to their mind and destroy all that they were thinking about him and give them the true interpretation of the scripture. Everything that they learned from the scripture about the Messiah, they did not interpret that well. So Jesus had to, first of all, take it again or away from them. How? By giving them uh, the word of God. The true revelation that will cause us to believe God demands an accurate information about Jesus. And this information we can only find in the Bible. The Bible is the only source that God has given us for us to know really who Jesus is. But if we take and we read like uh, an account, we will all, like uh, only with our mind, we will see that we will not have the true revelation of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to come and give us that revelation. But one thing is certain. The Word of God is the only source that we as Christians have to uh, have the true revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the question is, how often we give ourselves to know or to see our Lord Jesus Christ in his word? Do we have time that we give to our Lord Jesus Christ by reading the Bible, allowing him to reveal himself unto us? Brothers and sisters, we need to meditate. And if you find yourself despising the word of God, you need to change or we need to change our attitude. This is the rebuke God is giving me through my wife. That no matter the, bu the busiest day that we have, God or Jesus Christ, if we believe in him and in what he is telling us, he said, seek first, what? The kingdom of God. Our first pursuit in life should be the things of the kingdom. And you cannot understand the kingdom without the king who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Without a true revelation of him, we cannot walk with him. We need to think about our life of meditation. God, from the beginning, he knew that he, it should not be easy. Do you remember what God said to Joshua? You can open your Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verse uh, 6 to 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 8. God is trying to encourage Joshua. But see why he is doing that. Verse 6. 
Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. To do what? Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the right hand or to the left, that, the, that you may have good success whenever you go. Now, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. We can stop there. God was saying to Joshua, the courage that you need to, to have is to do whatever you meditate in the Word of God. But that meditation should be day and night. Again, how do we see our meditation life, our engagement to the Word of God? How do you assess your own and personal life with uh, the Word of God? We need to, lit or to light the fire of the passion of God's words in our life again. There is a very good material or a preaching from Nissin two weeks ago about the Word of God. You, might, you may remember that. He was saying that that is what David had his heart, heart on. David believed in the Word of God and took himself to know God through his Word. How do we see that in our lives? How is our meditation life? Brothers and sisters, whenever the God's words is preached, it will always demand from us a choice, whether or not we will conform our lives to Him. God wants us to want Him. God wants us to want Him. He will never force us for us to meditate, for us to be with Him. And see it also in the story of this disciple. After Jesus presents the gospel to them, the true interpretation or the true revelation of who he was, see what Jesus did. Verse 28. So, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. And Jesus acted as if he were going farther. Like they were walking, and Jesus said, okay, I need to go. And what did they say? But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. This is the word. They urged him strongly, stay, or saying to him, stay with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. Whenever God delivers his words, whenever God reveals through his words, him or Jesus unto us, 
our passion for him will always be tested. Why we are saying this? Why in the world Jesus, okay, should pretend that he was going further if he wanted to stay with them? Why in the world Jesus needed to act like he was going further? If not to see the response now of their heart. While they were walking, and we see it in the end, the Bible says that their heart, something was going on as Jesus was preaching the gospel to him or to them. Something was going on in their heart. Like a passion again for Jesus was rising in their heart. But that passion needs to be tested. Jesus said, okay, I'm going. And they said, no, please stay with us. Jesus insisted, no, 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 let me go. No, stay with us, stay with us. What does it talk about spiritually understanding? Whenever you understand who Jesus is, you will never let, want to let him go. You want to stay with him. You want to fellowship with him. This talk about a life of like pleading that Jesus, please, teach me your ways. I want to see you. This talks about a heart that understands that all in this world, Jesus, you are my all in all. This life is a life that understands that without Jesus, I cannot live. This prayer is from the heart that understands that without Jesus, nothing else in this world can satisfy. How is your passion for Jesus? Maybe your passion is growing like a down because you don't have that understanding of who he is. That's why I say that we need to cry out to God that he can open up our eyes for us to see him. But this needs to be from our heart, like these disciples. They pleaded strongly with Jesus, please stay with us. We want to have an intimate relationship with him. So this pleading causes them to have an intimate moment with Jesus. Whenever in the Bible we see table and meal, normally it says about in intimate relationship, intimacy. We are losing this culture nowadays that uh, everyone eats uh, in the dinner everywhere. But we know in the past in our ver various culture, time of dinner was time for everyone to be on the table. was time of fellowship. And when they have this intimate time with Jesus, something happened. Only an intimate and consistent relationship and fellowship with Jesus will enable us to see him. Our eyes will be open. The Bible says that after Jesus be with them, after he, bre he break the bread, and the bread is the word of God, Jesus was feeding them uh, with the, the bread, with the word of God. And the Bible says that 
that eyes that were closed, now they were what? Open. It is only when we give time to Jesus to break the word of God into pieces, to give us details, revelation of this word, that our eyes will be what? Open for us to see uh, him. Remember when the parable of the, 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 the sower, there were multitude. Everyone was there, and Jesus spoke a parable of the sower. This is in Matthew uh, chapter 13. At the end, the disciple, in that intimate time with Jesus, they came and they asked Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus start answer that question by saying, to you or to them, they were not given to understand the revelation or the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to you, it was given. Why? To them, they didn't have their heart on that. They didn't have their passion on that. Jesus said, don't take my pearls and give them to to swings because they don't have their heart. The revelation of God will be only for those that have decided to really lay down their lives and do everything to understand and to see Jesus. We need to learn to give enough time to our Lord Jesus Christ to fellowship with us. Your life is busy in Abu Dhabi. I know that. You have your plans and your agenda in life. But if you really want to walk with Jesus, you need to make a decision in your heart and give time for Jesus. And give time for him to let you know about himself. We need to learn how to develop and maintain a consistent and passionate life that longs for him. You cannot allow for your love of Jesus Christ to grow cold. Don't allow that. If in your life there is a passion that is higher than the passion of knowing Jesus you need really to switch it out and make Jesus Christ and knowing him your priority in life. A word for the youth and for the young men as we wrap up. Guys, you know, it's very good when you can know Jesus in your young age. Parents, they are doing their part by bringing you in, in the church. But they cannot reveal Jesus unto you. Only Jesus can reveal himself unto you. Somehow, you need to start feeding your heart with that passion of knowing him 
and I can give you a starting point. Read the Bible. And if you have questions, ask your parents. And this will give the parents a responsibility of knowing also the Word of God. Because it is a shame for you that is a Christian and is a parent not to know. When I say a shame, in the sense that you should know that. You should be able to help. But as a church, we are also here to help each other. So we are here to help each other for us to know our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why youth, young people, give time to the Word of God. Your parents, they love you that much that they understand that the way that you need to live your life is knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So give yourself unto that, and God will bless you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I tried my best, O oh Lord, to explain to my brothers and sisters uh, what you have uh, given to me for me to share with them. Father, I pray that as uh, we move forward as an individual, as a family, as a, a church, there will be a cry and a passion in our hearts for us, dear Lord, to know you. We pray the prayer that Paul made for the Ephesians. Father, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know you as you really are. Father, we pray that all the foundations in our lives that you didn't build will be destroyed, O oh Lord, as we dig ourselves into your word and, and as we seek you as never before. We know that there is grace available for that, and we want to thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.